YouTube and ladles and jelly spoons. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. Hey, I am here with Kyle Valley Boy Hodge. I'm gonna make sure we get these levels right. And uh, we have Kyle's producer in house, so we're lucky to have an extra set of ears. Hunter's gonna make sure that we're all squared away on Facebook and stuff. He didn't know that until just now, but he's going to. And uh, if you could just make sure our audio sounds good on Facebook Pull for me, please. Facebook Live, Compton J. Yeah. Smith. Compton Smith. Compton Smith. Yeah, it's on the professional page. And I'm um, just pulling this up to make sure that's there. Everything's up and running. I want to say this is either episode 59 or episode 60. You might be episode 60. I'd like to be six. That'd be Hell cool. yeah. Six, <laughs> six, six, baby. Number of the beast. <laughs> So we have been sitting up here fighting with uh, all kinds of apps, man. The <laughs> technology is just conspiring against us. And it looks like we are live on Facebook. So let's just get a little feedback loop going here and see if we sound at all. Maybe. We'll see if that comes on. What you got, Tech? Hunter's pulling it up right now. Can you hear us on there? Can you hear us on Facebook at all yet? Hunter's pulling it up right now. It's the one without the J for those of you on Facebook. As we're building a little crowd, one of the reasons we're at the Blind Mule today is because... Here you go, I'll get on Hey, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. So one of the reasons that we're at the Blind Mule today... Uh, he says there is sounds. Hey, hey, there it is. There it is. Cool. With all the technical difficulties coming in app-wise, I wanted to make sure we were all squared away. Um, hey, Lindsay, by the way, good to see you. We are hanging out at the Blind Mule because on Friday night, uh, today is Tuesday, and on Friday, we are going to be doing a show here that Tony Peppers has put together for Prowl, which is the University of South Alabama's radio station. Nice 7.1. And yeah. uh, you and I are both on the bill which is awesome. We hadn't met each other until like a week before Tony asked. Yeah. And then when he did, I was like, okay, I've met some of those people. Yeah, so, it was awesome. Yeah. And in the meantime, lots of things have happened. Um, I know you were telling me earlier that you have some great new news yeah. coming up, but I guess I'm trying to think of where the best place to start and just pass <laughs> this mic off to you is. Uh, hmm. We'll, we'll go to the prowl. We'll leave it at the prowl thing. So I'm going to be telling some jokes, and you are going to be performing your music. And that's what we need to get to. You are a hip-hop artist. No, how would you classify yourself? Uh, or would you? It's, it, I can't. I'll let everybody else do it for sure. Right. Well, let's get the plugs in real quick, Without too. Without being so. too conceited sounding about that. I know that sounds weird. Like. <laughs> well, for people that need to go and hear your music, Toss some of that out there. I know you're on SoundCloud as Valley Boy. Yeah. And uh, I know you're on Facebook as Valley Boy. Right. Right? Yeah. And then on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter as the underscore V-L-I underscore B-O-I. Gotcha. Simple as that. Nice. And that. There's. Mm, mm, mm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else in that realm YouTube there you go YouTube. I knew there was YouTube, one more you can just google me and it'll pop up on YouTube um, Valley Boy on YouTube you're perfect awesome 
Um, so we met at the Tinderbox. Right. And when we were first talking about doing this, just to totally segue away from the music, because I'm kind of scatterbrained. It's hot up here. For those of you who don't know and they're Oof, just listening. We're in an attic. Yeah, if you've never been to the attic at the Blind Mule, it's an attic. And in Mobile, uh, that's warm. So here we are. <laughs> so I'm trying to wrap my head around the temperature and it just rained and so it's really nice outside. And here we are. And I'm trying to make sure this doesn't clip too bad. So anyway, um, how did you get the name Valley Boy? That's what I was gonna ask. Where did that come from? Because um, that's always a good origin story. Oh man, so that's, that's a tough question to answer. Oh, oh. We'll, we'll, we'll ease into it then. We can double back. There's, there's a fun... Do you want to go for it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's okay, a, there's a fun it. idea that we had, and it was to, it was to name all of my origins, because I've been to Miami, uh-huh. um, Panama City Beach, I've lived in Temecula, California, I've lived in all these different like weird coastal cities, and uh, Temecula is like in the valley, like for people that don't know that, like it's on the other side of the mountain from San Diego. It's not like in the valley, in the valley, it's kind of up on a hill. But um, it's all in the like hills and valleys and everything like that. And uh, be- living in California, I-, I just decided to name it Valley Boy instead of Valley Girl. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's the simplified answer. There's a much more deep meaning, I have to stress that. <laughs> but um, That's the short version. Yeah. That's yeah. the short version. So how long were you in California? Uh, let's see, probably about like three years. I mean, not to say that disrespectfully to anybody. No, no, yeah. just that, that's, those are the truths. Uh, I usually lead with this. The, there are three big questions that this whole thing kind of revolves around that I've been steering the podcast towards. And, um, and I'm going to get eventually to our conversation that we had at the Tinderbox. Um, hmm. But before we depart the music, I want to toss this out there, and then I want to talk a little bit about the music, and then we'll get real philosophical. Uh, so the three questions, three big questions, truth, love, and peace. The idea is uh, where are you most at peace? What do you love? And what is your truth? So those are the questions that we kind of bounce around and come back to. So if you ever need something to reach for and, and a bow to tie on it, shoot for one of those. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's the kind of intro thing. Um, but musically, you've got some big announcements. I wanted to get some of that in there before before you, you kind of toss this out there, if you want to, yeah. or we can just leave it a mystery. No, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely willing to announce this. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm here with Dadu Entertainment. I'm here with That Rabbit Distribution and uh, Sony MG Records. There you go. What's up? So big congratulations on that. Thank you. So rewind a little bit and, t- and talk us into getting to that point. So tell us a little bit about your music story. Um, I've been in this industry-ish, local industry to full production industry, like for 10 years. Nice. Um, from hardcore, uh, I had a hardcore band named Swallow Your Pride, I was their drummer. And um, I mean, I've been playing music like my literal whole entire life. I cannot remember a time where I haven't had an instrument in my hand. But um, we did Swallow Your Pride. After that, it shifted into a band called One Last Thought, which uh-huh. I was the vocalist for. Uh-huh. And um, Afterwards, we changed it to Matrix Mary. We were still Christian, but we might have said, like, can I say the F word? Oh, you can say whatever you oh, want. Okay, cool. Yeah, we said fuck and <laughs> shit and all this shit in it, but we were Christian. A lot of people gave us slack, but I think that it caught us attention in a weird way. Uh huh. 
And then we changed it into Show Enough, which was a fully not Christian, like, deathcore band. And it was the shit. A lot of people know me from that. It was really, really, really cool. In the local scene, not, like, worldwide. Maybe some worldwide, but, like, um... But after that, I joined a small band out of Mississippi. They, I hope they get big still. They're trying to push, man, still. They're defacing the Colossus out of Good Ocean on. Springs. Uh, I played a six-string bass for them for a second. Fun. Yeah. Um, we went into DJing. I hope I'm not taking too much time with this answer. No, you got all kinds of... No, this whole yeah, thing yeah. is relaxed and epic. This yeah. is cool. You're yeah. digging. I like it. Yeah, no, um, this is not a put you put screws to you. This is we're just having a conversation. This is awesome. Yeah, no stress. Um, so I did um, a DJing thing. I started producing seven years ago um, before I moved to Panama City Beach, and it was just because like I was out of the bands, I was out of all this stuff. Uh -huh. I, this was by the way whenever I was like 15. Um, so like seven, fast forward to like 16, 17 after like all the band shit had kind of passed and we weren't like making too much money out of it anymore or something. I don't even know what the actual ordeal was. I was too young, too naive. But uh, I started DJing by myself just to just continue it on. And I started a career called DJ DGAF, DJ Don't Give a Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Those yeah. words resonate with me. <laughs> right. So um, I did like original dubstep. Like this is when Caspa and Rusko first made it to like America. Like that was like one of my main influences back then. I don't know who those sure. people are. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. told you there was going to be a lot of this podcast was you educating me on yeah. on modern music. Huge. Uh, not even modern, man. This is old school, yeah. Even more educating me. <laughs> so they like they were one of the first people that brought like the original wobble bass to America that like wob 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 wob. I hate to do that. But like, it's okay. It's You're allowed. Um, they're the only people that originally like brought that to America. I feel, in my opinion, and then so many people have taken it off. And then you know, we had so many people spawn off that. And like, DJ Craze was definitely one of my main examples. But um, I don't know. And that it even transpired into my music too. You can hear dubstep in all of my music. <laughs> like it's kind of funny. <laughs> dead, dead serious. I mean, like this, all that's that great. The original wobbles and everything. But um, no. I, after I did the DJing thing, I, I brought it into what it is now, and we've been doing this for almost two years now. Nice. I was trying to t to tag you on the Facebook thing, but it's. Uh, I can help you. No, it's being goofy. You'll come up and then go away. So I was pretty anti-dubstep techno for a hot minute, but I have started coming around as the quality has gone up. Okay, so, I definitely understand that. Well, and I'm also, as a brass player, I'm a big fan of the Cat Empire because the Cat Empire was one of the first bands that incorporated a DJ on stage live. So their DJ would take samples from their live music and mix that into the live performance. I was like, now that, that's where I got hooked. Do you remember where you got hooked in, into music? Sure. Um, oh, into dubstep specifically? Either or. Um, I'll definitely, definitely say like after everything started rounding off in the musical industry and we got some better sounds and DJs actually got their hands on this and like 
kind of did more live production with their actual DJing work. Mm -hmm. uh, DJ Craze definitely like brought me into this. That's what I was saying earlier. He he, I was so amazed with so many videos that I've seen him do, or so many performances that I've seen him do. It just like blew my complete mind, and it inspired me to so where I I just like was like, you know what, I'm gonna start from vinyls. I, and I got off of everything. Uh, I started with some vinyls and some little post-it notes all around the little vinyls, like Dr. Dre 2000 type shit, like, you know? And um, just kept going from there. Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'd say DJ Craze solely was responsible for that, actually. Like, ooh, real thunder. I love that. Yeah. Welcome to Mobile. Yeah, real soundtrack know it i love it where's where's our foley artist when we need him uh D yeah dj tech over here is, right is we foley. need we wow. need some of that in here like i said earlier it's nicer outside than it is in the attic robert's it that's in robertsdale is where it's raining hard for those of you that are local and wondering where to avoid the uh the worst of it oh the moscow mule two of them uh, delicious from the blind mule from the blind mule. That's yeah, right. The best one. No. Whoa. What? That's you yeah. can say that. You can say whatever you like. <laughs> Gotta love it. So, how long have you been in Mobile? You said. I have not lived here for like eight years of uh, twenty-five years of existence. Mmm. So more than more than not. Yes. That's awesome. I uh, I'm kind of the same way. I'm about 50-50. I grew up here, but I left for a while and I came back. I've always been uh, traveling since I was like 15, and I'm only 25 now, so I'd say like, yeah, like a third of it. That's the right percentage. Yeah. I'm not sound like a dumbass on camera. Nah, no, 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 that's okay. So shows that are coming up this Friday uh, at the Blind Mule, the 28th of September, uh, we're doing Tony Pepper show, the Prowl Festival, which is going to be here at the Blind Mule. Uh, so if you're catching this on Facebook Live, uh, check it out. It's going to be a fun night. Friday night's going to be awesome. Uh, should be fun. Uh, musically, plugging the, the new Sony contract that you just got signed to <laughs> yeah. is high priority. Very. What else you got going on fun music-wise that, that we should talk about before I drag you into deep philosophical water? I say that in, in harshly, but we've had this conversation already, so we know that's not going to be. At least we got uh, this. At least a five-song EP. Uh, I'm working with a girl I really, 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 really like right now, and um, I'm also working with a really talented guitar player. A couple of them around town, Daniel Mansell. I don't know if you've met him. I don't think so. Okay. He's um, super, super talented around here. Of course, DJ Young Tech, High Tech, Tech. AKA Hunter Lango <laughs> on the beat. Um, Ricky Octane and of course Daryl Wasp have all just uh, been a part of the new like little maybe five song, six song EP that are coming out. And uh, it doesn't have a name yet. I'm just kind of riding with it. It's going to be cool as hell. It's definitely outside of my original sound, but it's inside of it, if that makes sense. I mean, it's still definitely me. Yeah. There's nothing about it that's not me. I've always been self-produced. Yeah. Like, I've always, uh, I don't know, my biggest thing was always to show off how many instruments we can cram into one song. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, like, it was, it's live instruments sometimes. You'll hear real drums. You'll hear real guitar. You'll hear real zithers. You'll hear 
dulcimers, you'll hear erhus or like anything. And some of these instruments are just like actually us recording them acoustically. Like sometimes, yeah. um, I don't know. We just tried to show off in all the music. That's great. That's great. You're building your own sample library and having your own stuff to pull from. That's the EDM that I enjoy most, or however you want to phrase it. The the electronic music I enjoy most. Still not EDM. I think we just have drops in it. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Not to like brood later up your. No, you got to correct my terminology. Cause I don't yeah, know any of that shit. It's strange, man. I'll say that like I definitely have influences from. Like I said, my hardcore roots to everything. I've heard somebody probably best describe my music as just nostalgic music for people to listen to. It'll sound, I've heard anything from like, the cooler compliments that I've heard that I respect have, I mean, not that I disrespect any compliment, of course, but like the ones that I've been like, yeah, you know what, I, I see a little bit of that as like, newer bands like Nothing Nowhere, um, to like, Linkin Park, um, I think it was one of the cooler references I've caught. Um, the old school, like I was saying earlier, Ras uh, Caspa and Resco, people are like, dude, your dubstep wobbles are just like super hammer and solid. And I was like, yeah, man, I love old school dubstep. They're like, it reminded me of Caspa and Resco. I was like, shit, that's cool. Um, but I think just the overall nostalgic feel from my existence has influenced my entire music from growing yeah. up singing damn Shania Twain in the car with my mom until you know what I mean like where I am now I think has like completely made the music where it is so was the instrumentation a uh, thing for you when you were younger were you always banging <laughs> on stuff and making a racket or is that something you picked Certainly. up Certainly, no my first instrument I can ever remember was the coolest thing I don't even know like five six years old cognitive human being at that point almost yeah. cognitive human being um i had a single cd turntable that i would just get down on and uh eventually my grandfather had a guitar that he bought from like uh garage sales or ebay ebay was huge back then. yeah and um every time i would learn a couple songs on the actual instrument he would buy me a brand new one and i always wanted to play like mandolin and of cool. course, I was in school band, so I'd play yeah. like all the brass. I'd play certain woodwinds. Um, I mean, like I love the shit uh, trumpet. I feel like I can still tear it up. Pretty good. <laughs> we play a lot of instruments, mediocrely, even the you know like piano and um, a lot of string instruments. I'm pretty damn good at still, like violin or cello or like even a plucked upright or something like that. I can still tear some strings up. But I always did like jazz drums and tambourines and like concert bands, so. Nice. Yeah. Tuba and trumpet for me. Nice. Uh, so I was a brass player. I like it. Still am a Louis little bit. Louis Armstrong's my man. Yeah. Dude, I wish. Good old. Good old Satchmo. All right. So All right. talking about your style of music, I am anxious to get back to this conversation that we started in on <laughs> yeah. uh, at the Tinderbox because, and I think your style of music segues, talking about your style of music and how it develops has a lot to do with your personal philosophy and kind of who you are. And that's what we talked a lot about was things that we enjoy learning about and crazy things that, that we try and incorporate into our worldviews. And do you remember anything in particular from that conversation that you might relate to 
the way your style has come about yes, or certainly. yeah then then go from there man then, how do your style and your philosophy come together so i always had a philosophy myself um i'm i'm uneducated i'm a high school complete dropout yeah you've lived 25 yeah. years let's say you're doing just fine stop <laughs> it, <I feel> it. <laughs> but um i mean i me and you had a conversation. I, I've always believed that we came from stars, and like the stars hit yeah. the earth and became like you know. Yeah, Carl Sagan, man, we are all star stuff. Completely, yeah, yeah. star stuff. That's my favorite saying ever because it's so like perfect. But yeah, the um, we all came into star stuff, and um, I believe there's too much electromagnetism or, or magnetics going on in our body that there is not a, a field of stream of consciousness like, yeah. that we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then whenever you told me about the actual morphic resonance, the morphic resonance thing, I looked into it and I was like, whoa, that's, uh, that's uh, it's exactly the scientific version of what the hell I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that formula. The, the thing that we're talking about is morphic resonance is a theory put forward by Rupert Sheldrake that has to do with the, the way things know how to be the things that they are is not because of their DNA, it's because of this field around them that is connected to vibration. That's the, the real, real dumbed down short version of a very complex theory. Uh, but what I like about that is it's a nice bridge between the philosophy that vibration is the beginning of everything, which is very spiritual. You find that in most religious practices, at least all the major religions. Uh, that's right there in the beginning, you know, thus spoke Zarathustra in the beginning, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's all there. And so what I like about it is you've got science catching up to this thing that musicians and spiritual practitioners have known for a very long time, and that's that music makes people happy. <laughs> and Or, I mean, it just can impact them heavy. I mean, like, relate to them completely. You know yeah. I mean? like, not even happy sometimes. Like, I've cried to plenty of songs. But a universal language. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Nonetheless, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. And so when you were reading through that stuff, when you find new information that fits to, or reinforces or needs a, requires a change in your worldview, how does that... Is that something that, that you take into the studio? Or, or do you work that out and then go into the studio with it? I think it's, it just becomes a part of subconsciousness. I think that we just retain that information yeah. and, and everything put right ever is like subconscious. Just kind of amoeba that shit up. Yeah, it just becomes exactly. a part of you as you go along. You just sponge it and, and, and I'm sure it definitely becomes a part of my lyrics. I mean, there's no way I couldn't learn my songwriting process or anything. I mean, it's, it's But it's fluid stuff. for you. It's not here, here, here. More yes. of a fluid transition. Yeah, certainly. It's all cool. absorbed. I mean, everybody has their trials and tribulations that sure. help them learn and everything like that. I'm not saying like my life is fucking perfect at all. But, um, like, certainly, like, everything just gets absorbed through the process. Man, one of those pivotal points, like you said, trials and tribulations. I got run over as a kid. I had a near-death experience. Like, got fucked up pretty bad. And that was one of those moments for me where I could delineate very clearly the person I was before that and the person I am after that. Do you have any any revelatory moments, be they traumatic or not? Um, I mean, simply put, uh, uh, yes. Uh, I went through a lot of really, really, really traumatic experiences in my life. Um, we don't have to rehash anything you don't want to no, right now. I'm yeah. not, not digging that deep. Uh, but from an impact yeah. standpoint, without going into too many details. Yeah, yeah. 
What kind of role has that had on, on the way that you philosophize about your art? Everything and the fact that I know that, like, I, I'm going to, like, I hope it doesn't come off conceited and say that, like, I know that I'm a role-ish model yeah. to, to a wide band of people right now. And um, I, I just, you know, I never try to, like, I don't try to glamorize the drugs. I don't try to glamorize anything. Like, I just speak about, like, if they've impacted my life, they impacted my life. It's just yeah, that simple. Or, you know, I don't know. Um, that's good. That's very Kantian, though. Like, uh, I'm a big experience is true knowledge kind of person. Right. So regardless of, it's not really positive or negative. If you learned something, there's value in that. Certainly. So I, um, what was the... I'm not expecting you to go too far out on that. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the original, the original people you told me that ascended... I mean, like, first order trial for, like, DMT and everything. Uh, run that by me one more time. The first, like, people that were the ones that, like, started trying some, like, DMT or anything like that and then, like, uh, ran off into, like, the farming and actually brought back knowledge from that other side. Oh, man. Okay, so we were talking about... Um, the Gar or something like that? Uh, Terrence McKenna. It would be one of those guys. Man, I would have to I'm walk back about, through that like, conversation. No, one of the first people. One of the first people. The Dogen. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the, the I remember it sounded like some Skyrim ass name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Dogen tribe. Yeah. Yeah, hang on, let me do this real quick. So the Dogen are a tribe in Mali, West Africa, that is uh, an offshoot of dynastic Egypt. Well, actually, it predates dynastic Egypt, so pre-3000 BC. And the Dogen were these people that left and have this ancient cosmological understanding that we still can't figure out. And the guy that's done all the research on this is Laird Scranton, if anybody wants to go check it out. Amazing stuff. And uh, he talks about... Tag it in the video below. Yeah, right? Tag, yeah, Laird doesn't give a shit who I am. Uh, but, um, yeah, so he went through and he's, uh, he's a linguist. And he went through and figured out that the way the Mali disseminate information from generation to generation is that they encoded everything around them with understanding. And yeah. so the way that a Dogen would describe a rabbit's whiskers twitching is the same way that the twitching of a molecule or an electron would be described. Not That's not an exact example, that's just a, a hypothetical, but... It's all primally. Yeah, but everything within their story relates to their everyday life so that they can tell, they can tell that story and live that life. But you brought it up in the context of how we bring like the other realms of altered states of consciousness. Yeah. That's what we were really talking about. So I guess we should lay some groundwork on altered states of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> but we can go there because I love talking about that. I'm so let's it. back up a little bit <laughs> and talk about, pick a jumping off point for altered states of consciousness. Is that something that you can we say valued experimenting from or? Yes, certainly. Or how'd that go down? Was, you got one story in particular you like to tell about it? 
Um, I can tell you my UFO pizza story. I love it. <laughs> I, I may or may not have been a psychonaut, and I fell in love with uh, a certain molecule called DMT for uh, a month and decided to, to do a little psychonauting on it. Was that a month in dog time or? <laughs> uh, no, it was a solid month. Um, and, and figure out what, what the fuck was going on with it. It definitely gave me an understanding. It's weird to share, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to describe to other people, isn't it? Yeah, um, but I mean, like if there's anything I can say back from it is it is like everything that it taught me without schooling or without like knowledge of it or talking to other people and stuff just like sitting there understanding the world itself for what it was and or understanding my existence in my realm as weird as that sound break that down a little bit um, so I'm, I'm I definitely extrapolate yeah I definitely believe in, in multiple like universes and multiple realities certainly I think, I don't know. It's, I definitely a lot of people it. agree with you. The multiverse is um, common terminology now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I, I don't know. It, it affected me in the way that I know everything I do now. I mean, like, it, it, it helped me a lot. I'll say that. Not to uh, glamorize it. <laughs> but um, it definitely helped well, me the way I knew it now. How did it help you is a better question. And, and you're not glamorizing it. Like, there, it's for, for anyone who's tuning in that hasn't already heard this diatribe, uh, plant medicine has come a long way. Myco Meditations is a group going down to Jamaica doing psilocybin trips for meditation. Dr. Rick Doblin is heading up MDMA research for PTSD awesome. treatments. Yeah. And they've gotten, uh, they've gotten MDMA to third phase clinical trials. The FDA was forced to recognize uh, breakthrough treatment status. A traumatic so experience made shit. me use less drugs. Can I say that real quick? On yeah, camera? tell like, that story. Uh, because that's good. Because drugs aren't a perpetual thing. Like medicine is a short term thing in a lot of cases. I've had some accidental cases where shit went wrong. And um, I definitely am very, very happy to where it led me now. I definitely had like a second life, you know, prior to what I started doing. It took me two and a half, three years to come back to music because I felt like I needed to fund it and I needed to like sober up and straighten up myself before yeah. I got back into everything. Still a professional. <laughs> but, um, so responsibility is an important thing. Certain, oh, certainly. I mean, like I, 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 to a degree, do have a family currently right now. I'm very Good. thankful. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, DMT, hi. Yeah. I like DMT. I'm a bigger fan of mushrooms. And there's a lot of shamanic traditions that go further back with organic chemistry as opposed to synthesized chemistry. I've had too many uh, envies, envies one time and it turned me completely off of mushrooms. And really? Like, yeah, I'd much <laughs> rather stay to LSD if I'm going to do something like that that's going to last a minute. But nah, DMT was my thing. They, uh, they can be intense. They can be intense. Uh, it's very educational, though. I think that introspection that we get from from a lot of altered state consciousness kind of things is something that I feel is very valuable for culture now. It's one of the reasons we're seeing this resurgence, is because it's valuable to people. 
it definitely turned me into the place where I was now. I mean, 100%. Because I wasn't in a bad place, but I wasn't in a good place, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And it definitely just changed my perspective, made me more calm, made me more focused, and helped me reside on with the life that I actually, like, respected and knew. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that most drugs should be taken in massive quantities uh. for short periods of time. To, for them to be highly beneficial. That's, I think that's kind of a shamanic tradition if you look at the way ayahuasca is used yeah. ceremonially. Um, ayahuasca is a, the indigenous version of DMT in the Amazon and a few other places. Um, but that's not as crazy as the ones that are like pain involved. Have you seen the ones with like the ant gloves? Oh yeah, okay. So some people don't just get to take drugs. Some people have to like induce this whole thing, and there's one ritual where they make kids, you know, young men, as this rite of passage, they put these bullet ants in, and they sting the shit out of them, and they're not allowed to scream or talk or anything for 30 minutes, something ridiculous. And it's a painful, difficult process to go through, but it serves as a rite of passage, and it has the same effects as a lot of altered states of consciousness but you go through this very arduous thing to get to some enlightenment, which is, I can definitely, I love it actually in a beautiful, weird ass way that I do. Um, What's well, the journey, beautiful. right? Like it's, it's the cycle. Beautiful, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think very primarily with all my thoughts. I think that every, everything should be learned primarily. I mean, like that's fucking a fucking effective way to learn a lot of shit really quick. When you say primarily, what comes to mind? I mean, other than just... Before the perversion of conversation, before the perversion of words. So... Whenever we thought with just all of our heart and our touch and our feel and just couldn't effectively fucking communicate, but we could, which yep. we're here because of whatever period that was in. Yeah, yeah. So... So you talked about electromagnetism earlier to come back to that having a lot of electromagnetism and there are people that think that's one of the ways that we communicate telepathy and, and things like that are the way that birds have little pieces of magnetite in their heads so they can follow magnetic poles and, and the, the magnetic lines to migrate we're starting to find out like the third eye the pin, the what is it? The pineal gland. Pineal gland, yeah, yeah. Pineal yeah. gland. Oh no. However you pronounce south, it. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, why do we have this thing in the middle of our brains that has a lens on it? You know, it's very strange things that science is starting to catch up to a lot of ancient traditions. That, that fascinates me, and the, the fact that it's starting to tie into music is interesting because semiotics is the next step. This being able to see sound waves and vibrations. <laughs> you know, that's. I can't read music. No, not that way. I'm talking about if you put sand on a pl on a metal plate. Yeah, oh my god. That's what I'm talking it's about. It's so cool. Yeah. So you can see the the manifestation of these sound waves. It's I still So my whole entire thing even from the dubstep thing was what really uh, attracted me to that that particular thing. Unlike uh, some of the programs I DJed with Shout out Native Instruments. Yeah, man. Um, but um, whenever I looked up Tractor, you could see they separated colors, they separated everything into where you could see like trebles, bases, mids, and like everything separately. 
and you could adjust and equalize and play with all that thing live. Nice. And it was so I just got attracted to watching this beautiful wave go across my screen. And as listening to produce music and producing the music on my own and doing the live production thing and just matching the waves and everything like that was just such a huge influence to me. So I mean like just the actual sound wave I've seen it, you know, visual, I guess, is like, uh, is so cool to me. And thinking about the process of having it primarily, it's like awesome. Yeah. Because I mean, like a scream's a scream, uh, like help is a help. Yeah. But that's where it hits you, like it, when you can feel it, not just hear it. Yeah. I think that's an awesome transition when you get to that, that plateau. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We always cried. Yeah. You know, yeah. We always cried. Yep. Very true. It's finally cool up here, man. I feel like I'm finally relaxed. It's not that bad. It's been raining long enough outside. It's not it's that bad. It's dark. <laughs> it's very nice. Oh. I wish we could smoke in here, though. I would love to have my pipe. I, uh, I smoke a tobacco pipe. No, thank you. And uh, it's gotten to be one of my one of my good friends. I don't corn know if you've ever... Are you, like, official? No. Huh? Are you corn cabinet or are you official? Both. Both. I've, I've been smoking pipes for a while, so I've got a nice little collection. I like it. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Um, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? What's your let's... favorite kind of tobacco? My favorite kind of tobacco? Yeah, I have Cavendash. Huh? Cavendash. Yeah? I like something thick and heavy. I was going to say, like, red. Like, like it dark. Yeah, I, awesome. I like it dark. A lot of people like that Philosophers, that, that Virginia. Um, mm. Anything that's like vanilla in a tobacco pipe is amazing. For yeah, me. and cherry. My grandfather smoked cherry. It's like robotusting oh. to me for some reason. I <laughs> really? I can't stand it. Yeah. That's okay. I grew, like I said, I grew up with it because of my grandfather, so yeah, I got that cool. connection. That's awesome. Uh, shout out to Carson and the Blonde Mule. What up, dude? Yeah, thank you. We, uh, yeah, Wednesday night we do open mic here at the Blind Mule every Wednesday. If you didn't already know that, come hang out. Um, oh, what was I going to go back to? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the philosophy questions. So I kind of want to see what your thoughts are on these. I mentioned them earlier. Okay. The where do you find your peace and what do you love and what's your truth? You can go, you can approach that however you want to, but what, what are your thoughts on any of that? I mean, you don't have to answer all three. How about pick one? Oof. Where do I find my love? Or what do you love? What do I love? Yeah. I mean, obviously music is a great love and passion of yours. Entertainment. Yeah? I, I've known my whole entire life since I was a kid, since, since I was in school, since everything. That's the reason I like, didn't go through all of it. It's like I knew that my goal just to entertain people because the only thing that makes me happy is making other people like happy or not alone or like letting them cry on my shoulder or, like that's like you know something that truly truly makes me happy and actually being the way I am and having the strange ass brain that I do having other people smile or like sing my lyrics or like relate or know that they're not alone or know that they're loved through the lyrics is like just I don't know that's emotional to me even like right now <laughs> um, but like I don't know I, I like to let people know I don't know that's, that's it like so that connected uh, like me I think 
you're you're one of those people that being connected to other people is very significant to you. It's very special. Yeah, entertainment is the thing I love. I love entertaining people. Yeah, nice. Now, so when I think about where I find my peace, I, I can think of that, conceive of that two ways. On one hand, um, you know, on one hand, what brings me peace. And one of the things that brings me peace is that connection with other people, right. compassion, kindness. Um, and the other thing is not just what brings me peace, but are there places that you are most at peace? Like for me, Demopolis, Alabama is where my grandparents are from and, and that's kind of my home. And so when I step onto that land, feels very very peaceful i think that that goes back to star stuff because every time i go to new orleans or miami which i've lived in for a little bit like it's um it's not like i, I know i'm there yeah you know what i mean i know immediately my sense of direction is 20 times better even if i've had like thirty thousand hand grenades like yeah. you know i'm fine i love new orleans and i love miami like uh even if i have a big old coconut bowl too like yeah. i know where i'm at on south beach i know where i'm at and Fucking Winwood, Pinewood, yeah. whatever. Shout out Pinewood. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess a better way to ask that question would be like, where are the, and you don't have to answer it again, but where are the places that when you enter, you just feel more at peace? Like where, because for me, I used to show up at the beach when I would vacation at the beach and I would get to the beach and it's that wave. You smell that salt air and it rolls over you. If you put me... That's beautiful. If you put me at a beach, um, I'm happy. That's what I was just laughing about. Yeah. If you put me at a beach, I'm happy. I lived in Panama City Beach, New Orleans, Temecula, San Diego. I lived in um, Miami. Like, I've always just lived by a beach. Nice. My whole life. And yeah. It just makes me more at peace. And, you know, like, I don't want to get too much into signs or anything like that, but I'm a Virgo, and I think we all kind of float with the motion of the ocean. Yeah, in a lot of ways. A, a lot of things. I don't know. I think it's cool. I agree. I love the beach. I love the sound of the ocean. It's the most calming thing to me, certainly. There is something beautiful about that repetition and that... Floating in it, too. Yeah. Floating in it. I mean, I just yeah. love to sit on my back in the ocean. Just like dark, light, whatever. Yeah. I, I, that perpetual motion to me is the thing that, that I can float on. Because when it stops, when there's cessation, it's hard to imagine being as comfortable as floating on the wave. And so hearing that in the background, that white noise is very comforting to me. Yeah. I don't know if it's it the, the white noise or the spectacle. It's, it's the motion too, certainly to me. Like It's definitely the noise of it, just uh -huh. the, the sharing of sound like it's such like a distorted weird noise like the ocean crushing like itself and forming the bubbles like oxygen bubbles and everything but anyway like floating floating in it is probably my favorite experience too like nighttime floating in an ocean is probably the coolest thing ever you can experience you don't ever. worry about getting eaten um, I worry about getting eaten. I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat. Too many near-death experiences to give a fuck about that too shit. Too many? How many have you had? I've had two, three, yeah, three, three. I'm a three. 
and I'm 25, That's enough. <laughs> so I mean, like, I'm there. I'm yeah, like, I got most of them out of the way early, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, fuck it. Like, if a shark eats me at this point, yeah, a shark's gonna fucking eat me. Like, I know? saw Jaws one too many times. Yeah. I just have a problem being that deep on the food chain. I like my privileged <laughs> up on top of the food chain. <laughs> I've gotten comfy. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so I guess the other big question would be, if you had to tie it all together and if you've never put any thought into a concise answer to this, don't worry about it. We oh, can just okay. meander through it. But what, um, what resonates with you as, as truth? What, do, do you have a philosophy that is the summation of your perspective? Or do you kind of feel it out, like you were saying, and go with the flow and float and, and as it comes? Uh, or another way to look at it, when we talk about when we talk about truth, uh, I I break that down into perspective. So for me, truth is something to be sought after uh, and not necessarily achieved. Because capital T truth is a culmination of all the perspectives, whereas personal truth or lowercase t truth, you know, what's true to someone is true to someone. It's not for me to argue. So when I talk about or when I ask what your personal truth is, it's less about tell me the answer to the universe and more about what resonates most significantly with you. And what do you... My personal truth is, is, is all of it relies on the same. The truth, the peace, the love, uh, it's, all in, it's all in my entertainment. I believe that it's my position on the earth and, and my truth is that. I, I think that I'm supposed to be here and make people happy. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's the simple answer. Uh, I mean, like, peace is probably within, like, just family, and I mean, like, extended fans included, like, everything. Yeah. Like, truth, I mean, peace is within that. Truth is, is definitely within. Uh, compassion is the other word I would throw in on there. Yeah. Like, well, you're, what it sounds like you're talking about to me is is compassion and being able to em- connect with people. Empathic for a whole entire like yep. there you go. festival. Em- empath is the, yep. There yeah. you go. That's that connectedness. Yeah. So compassion and kindness is the wantingness and the willingness to connect, and empathy is the ability and the skill, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. That's, that's my version of no, what you I just understand. said. I, I definitely <laughs> completely agree. I mean, I just. I'm just doing some wordsmithing over oh, here. That's beautiful. That's, hey, I'm not used to that at all. <laughs> You're welcome to borrow that if you want. You can, just get, you can go back and posthumous credit. We'll sample it out. We're using it as a sample, right, Tech? So that reminds me, I just saw a crazy thing. I don't know if you're Netflix, do you do movies? Do you, do you follow a lot of movies and stuff? Uh, on that rabbit distribution, we're on uh, about everything. I'm not on a movie yet. So nothing on Netflix yet, but we're... Well, uh, Giza. Jiza. 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 That's it. Jiza from Wu-Tang Clan. Just, oh, just the Jiza the Rizza. Yeah, that baby. Guy. Hey. Just put out an educational series on Netflix, and it's, it's pretty good. And he's got this whole thing where he goes in and he does this. The, he's in a synth studio with these graduate synth students that are making synthesizers. It's amazing stuff. And he sam- they sample out this whole track for him based on him saying his name. <laughs> it was pretty impressive. Like, they took his name, 
tore it apart in all these different directions and had this whole track under him, like multi-instrumentation. It was really weird, it was really cool. So, is there anything in your world that is fun toy-wise that you get to play with? Oh, God. Uh, everything. I use everything. This is the geek out portion of the show, yeah, if you oh, can't tell. No, man, no. I use <laughs> Go Ableton, for it. Reason, Cubase, Logic, uh, Pro Tools, GarageBand is my home. Uh, we've been getting into Fruity Loops for no stupid damn reason recently. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry to say that out loud, but goddamn. Fun um, to play with. Yeah. But like we've been we've been just cracking into everything and like uh, using everything is so much fun because like you know there's there drums on Fruity Loops are fucking compassion. Like, <laughs> God damn. Um, recording live instruments and and honestly I'm so used to my vocal settings in a certain like way. Uh huh. GarageBand is like my home. Like I like I said, but live instruments and everything like that. Like recording them actually in like is GarageBand. But there's, there's oh not to tell all my secrets. But there's I use everything. There's there's everything for everything. There's something for everything. And if you invest, you will become. Now, do you have a favorite part of that process? Uh, being behind the microphone or being behind the melodies? Yes, yeah, yeah, certainly. I melodies. love making melodies. Just hearing music and you just come up with this melody and people are like, that's catchy. You're like shit, really? Nice. Like, it's so much fun. Uh, I love making melodies for my music because I write poetry before it comes to the music. So like making a melody out of something that's been, I mean like pre-written of course by me, but I mean like just something that's poetic, like it means something from like the heart every single time, no matter what. Like just like being able to come up with this cool, catchy, fun, like mainstream ass melody is like, what? I love it. That's awesome. So shift gears a little bit. Uh, and what are your thoughts of not just the way that people are making music now, but the infrastructure around that, like the so the industry portion of what music's become now? Is, is it over the course of your career, since you've been doing it a lot longer than I have yeah. in the music business, I've only been in it for about seven years as an audio engineer and as a comedian. That's not that's a different thing. But you listen to music your whole life, right? Yeah. But my, my curiosity is, what's it been like for someone who is creating art to, to be in the industry now and to accomplish something as awesome as getting a record deal? I mean, that, that's not, they don't hand those out. Being signed to Sony is not something that everybody does. Congratulations again, by the way. But what's it like navigating that forest now and how's it changed over your career? Um, and if that was too questiony, questiony, we no, can do something No, else. it's okay. I got something for you. Okay. The, I, I've watched us go from everyone got famous out of local music, uh -huh. and then all of us that made it became mainstream music. And we were all making festivals, and we were all doing this and that. Yeah. Festivals are dying off. Everybody's like, that shit sucks. I can't do this and that. I can't do this and that, to put it lightly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've been to all these, and I've paid the fucking $1,000 VIP ticket and shit like that. Man, I'm paying nothing for a VIP show to music that I love right now in a show in Atlanta. That is a, a good point. Uh, and I think that everything's shifting back towards 
us in these weird little local scenes making some strange ass similar music at the same time. Like there's so many artists that I've found that are nowhere near like what I'm making and it's not disrespect by any means. Like they're all awesome. And I listen to them and I love them. But I mean, I've just heard so many people that I'm just like, whoa, like y'all are all like making this stream of consciousness. Like <laughs> it's just like so crazy that they, we all are catching on to like what might be the next thing. Like, yeah. So that's, I call that the 100 monkey theory that, and this ties into the collective consciousness where once a certain number of people become aware of something, then it becomes that much easier for everyone else to become aware of it. Is, is that in the same vein of what you're talking about? Yeah. Kind of along the same line? Certainly. I mean, absolutely, certainly. We called on to what I've, I've been doing for a little bit in the perfect time. Like, it was just like right whenever I saw people with just like few, a thousand, two thousand, you know, Instagram followers or something like that. And I'm like, what in the hell? This dude sounds kind of like what we're trying to do or like what in the hell this dude is like fucking I, I love what he's doing it's so like different but it's like in the same key as like you know what I'm saying it's just like it's weird it's cool so aside from seeing somebody on Instagram or, or SoundCloud sorry. or SoundCloud any of those how shout out that because I certainly got my following off of SoundCloud like yeah, I'm still working on that, but it's my RRS, my RSS feed for for TLP. So it was the best one I could come up with. But how are you posted? Oh yeah, thanks. So, social media, social media, and, and what you do, how Before favorable, disfavorable? Are you a social media fan? I kind of think yeah. it's hard to get away from these days, but um, that's just my take. Um, um, strangely enough, marketing. Uh, fanatic I've worked in multiple marketing jobs and um, social media marketing is like one of my favorite things to do but like I I grew Instagram and SoundCloud and Facebook really really natural just to see like you know before steroids like what happens yeah sure <laughs> same way before you before you go at it hard uh, but um but no, like, I, it it works so well. I mean, like, you know, I've, I've, I don't have, I've had one hater on maybe like a group on Facebook or something like that. Mm, that's, there's always going to be one. No, I mean, Somebody's got an opinion. Literally one in like, I don't know, two years, like I said, like it's, whoa. <laughs> well. I can't think of any more pressing questions because all these questions are so difficult to answer. Um, I do want to make sure that we get all of your hometown regular stuff in. So plug-wise, what what all do you want to make sure that gets out there? So um, what do we need to spread the word on before we... Most important thing is when you listen to my music um, and you are listening to those lyrics, I need every, every single person to know that I, I do not intend to glamorize drugs. I do not uh, intend anything in the hip hop nature, like of like guns, gangs, anything like that. You might have to edit the hip hop nature thing. I don't intend for anybody to get anything about guns out of my music. This is a better one. Or a, um, a sense of anything like that out of it. I want everybody to know that like if you have to go through trials and tribulations of life like that you're super not alone 
and that you know once again like I know I've said this once in this podcast but I'm gonna say it again like you are absolutely loved but if anybody but me like there may be a time where I may not be able to answer your message but I'll I will make a song for everybody every time I make a song um second plug (laughs) I would like to thank once again Dadu Entertainment um out of Fairhope Alabama I would like to thank Sony Records, AMG. Um, I would like to thank That Rabbit Distribution once again on this podcast. Um, I know there are some upcoming artists, and there are some upcoming artists that really, really deserve it. I'm going to call their name out. It's the rapper Nobody and X Havoc. I'm going to throw one last person in there that I probably know they won't expect is Neighbors Through the Wall. Because if he stays on what he's doing, he deserves the world. Um, awesome. And, of course, the ugliest motherfucker on the face of the earth. Uh, <laughs> DJ Tech, baby. DJ Tech. Yeah. Dose the beat. Well, and we got to mention Prowl Fest. This, for those of, those of you Peppers catching this. The man. Early. If you're trying to do something in the local scene, he's doing everything beneficial, mm-hmm. like benefit show style. He's doing everything. Uh, he's doing everything right, and you know you might end up on the radio too. And <laughs> check out Prowl, the South Alabama radio station, ninety-seven point one. That's thank you for reminding me. Um, of course, shout out to the Blind Mule. Thanks, thanks so much Ooh. to the Blind Mule for letting us use the attic uh, for our little podcast here. Um, of course, Carson, love that dude. Bartending back there. Cleo downstairs. Uh, all kinds of love. Hunter. Well, of course, you just don't have a microphone. Next Saturday. Or not next Saturday. Hunter is, is reminding. Oh, yeah, that's this Saturday. Kyle, what's this Saturday? That show. The, that's Me and your show. Friday. 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 The 28th. That's his drunk ass. This Friday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah. I just trust him. That's quite all right. Yeah, Prowlfest. Here at the Blind Mule, upstairs. Should be a wonderful time. It's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, and who else is on that bill? It's me, you, Shogun, and Shogun, do you remember Michael who else? Horrell. And uh, La Flaxus. There I you mean, go. La Faxless. Whoa. Faxless. He, I'm drunk. He's not. That's all right. Um, and then uh, the Hollers. The Hollers. Which is fucking cool. This is yeah. going to be like the coolest show because it's such a combination of so many different people. And if y'all don't tell anybody, shh. I'm going to have X Havoc on my bill for just one song. <laughs> and he might be DJing the rest of my set. Fun. Fun, fun. Yeah, well, I feel like there's so much more stuff we could get into, like the scene here in Mobile and how how it's growing and what's coming along. Um, but I know Tony and I are going to talk about some of that on Friday, so I won't, won't press you to talk about too much of his stuff. Is there anything that I haven't brought up that, that you're passionate about, that you like talking about, and that you want to share that you haven't already? Um, I mean, off record, I think. Not off record, because there's no editing. Oh, God. Oh, God, <laughs> no, shit. Yeah. Oh, I am block. not the off record guy. <laughs> hey. Um, shit. If not, that just means I'm we an awesome to, host we and we got talk, it all. We need to talk later. We can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. We can, dis- we can discuss round two. Yeah. Yeah, man. We can definitely do that. Um, because if there's something we haven't covered in here, I think that me, you, and um, somebody else could probably cover it pretty. pretty that we could. Quick. 
Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, there you go. So there's your teaser for episode two with Mr. Kyle Valley Boy Hodge. Yo, Thank you so on? much, man. Thank you so this much. This has too. been a pleasure. Absolutely. So bye Facebook, hey. bye YouTube, and bye, bye, bye. And for those of you in podcast land, uh, thanks for hanging out till the bitter ends. Until next time, truth, love, and peace.